sounds good right now after what we just experienced, doesn't it? <laughs> How's everybody doing this morning? Let me hear where you're at. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your help. I need you today. I need you because the first couple of rows are outside getting ready for the carnival. It's kind of like the, our second row right here, you'll notice. This is where like, the people that serve really hard <laughs> often sit, not surprisingly, you know, kind of up close near the front. Uh, so they're all outside right now. So I'm going to need your help. Come on, let me hear it from the back. Is everybody feeling good this morning? Y'all that sit in the back, you're the loud ones anyway. You're the riffraff. You're the tough ones. You got the babies back there. You know what I mean? They're just, just throw them. If anything just hits you today from God's word, just throw a baby in the air. Let me know that you're with me today. Come on, somebody. Yeah, right there, right there. We got, we got kids flying. Glory to God. I do want to celebrate. I mean, there's a lot of people outside right now that are getting ready, but I do want to celebrate them even though they're not in the room or some of them are in the room. Can we go ahead and thank our dream team for putting together an awesome summer carnival today? Summer blast. Woo! So good. Here's what you can do because they didn't really hear that. Just make sure when you're going around to all the stations, just look them in the eye, like the whites of their eye, long enough to just say thank you. You're awesome. Yeah, let them... Just, just, just do that, right? Like the white, it's a little awkward when you look too long. Just do it. Just say, thank you. You're gorgeous. I'm so thankful for you today. That'd be so great. I'm excited. I want to thank you, church. The generosity of our church is allowing us to do some really fun things these days. We just had an opportunity to give away uh, uh, over $600 to a church whose pastor was bivocational. So he planted his church. He started his church. And... Uh, but they haven't been able to pay him yet to be full-time at his church, and so he's going to work in the morning and then working all day at the church and then working again at night, and he's got a family. And so a bunch of us guys that know him that pastor churches got together and said, what's the number that we would need to raise in order for him to be able to quit his, like his other jobs so he could just be full-on in his church? And so, so we just kind of like raised our hands and said how much we were going to gonna like contribute to this through other ARC churches and some other guys that we knew. And together, come on, because of what you've given, together all of our churches let him quit his other job. Come on, somebody. You feel good about that? God, come on. Love that we get to be a part of that. Love that we get to, and he didn't even know we were going to do it. So he broke down like crying like a baby, which was awesome. So good. What else are we excited about around here? Um, serve day next Saturday. It's, uh, it's going to be crazy. So we're always serving around through the community. I love the heart. Uh, of so many of you, you're serving all the time, finding ways to serve people, love on people, small groups that serve, find activities, ways to bless the community, things going on. But there's one day a year where we say, let's do it all together. Let's just all, let's just all do it together. Let's put on some shirts that say like, I don't even know what our shirts, our serve day shirts say. But if you're in serve day, you're gonna be wearing a t-shirt that's like, it's, it's balling, it's gonna be good. Like, it's worth it for the t-shirt alone. Get in. Um, I saw the emails flying around this week that our team has put together, letting people know, here's exactly what the project you're gonna be doing looks like. Here's the materials that are coming. Here are the materials that are needed. So much work going on behind the scenes. So today, if you haven't signed up, it's your last day. Last day to sign up for serve day. You can do it right now. Grab your cell phone, weareresonate.ca. Uh, right on the very homepage is a button you can click to, to get registered. Team will let you know everything you need to know. 
about Serve Day, here's what matters to me the most. This is the heartbeat of our church. We don't exist to pastor a room. We exist to pastor a city and have influence that goes far beyond these walls. Is everybody with me? Thank you so much for being an awesome church, for being the hands and feet of Jesus. So thankful that we get to do this together. I'm excited to go to God's word. We are, as Rachel said, in week number one of a summer message series called Staycation. You say, what's the Staycation series about? I, don't, I can't really grasp what that series is going to be about. Like the theme of that series, it's not really clear to me, Staycation. It's exactly how we wanted it to be because I don't know what I'm going to preach on all summer. We just wanted it to be generic so that I can show up and talk about anything. That's kind of where we're going for the summer, if you're wondering what's happening. But I did want to start this week with, oh, I'm also, ah, I'm going to save that. Uh, I'll let you know that. There's so much to get hype about. I'm going to save that for next week. Uh, This morning, I want to speak to you on a topic that I think is so important. And you might not think this really is an important topic to God. This one matters a lot to God. I want to talk to you on a, a, a subject that matters a lot, especially in the summer. I want to talk about rest. Front row just went, hmm, rest. Speaking of rest or attempting to get rest, Rachel mentioned our camping trip. Rachel and I are, we love summer. We're like Olaf. We love summer, like just full on. And if you, before we had kids, if you gave us 12 hours in beach chairs, we would, we would not move for the whole time. Um, we just love summer. Now that we have kids, we enjoy summer in shorter stints. It's this week when we were camping, there was a pool there. And I was just laid back in the pool. I was looking up at the sun and just feeling the, the cool water and just totally pressing deep into a rest moment. Now, it lasted for five seconds until I got hit by one of my kids with a pool noodle. But those five seconds were just so glorious. How many know, like, you, when you become a parent, you enjoy shorter stints of rest. Five seconds feels like an eternity. You're like, thank you, Jesus. That was amazing. I'm going to do that again next year. It was absolutely (laughs) the most incredible five seconds of my summer yet. We, as Rachel said, there there was bunk beds. They fought over the bunk beds. Abby's a little bigger, so she got the top bunk. And then uh, I got I, the dad, the protective dad thing in me just started to take over. I'm like, well, how do I protect my kid from falling down out of this bunk? So before I put her to bed, I stacked up the pillows over that little area where the ladder comes down that she could roll out of. But then I got into bed and I tried to sleep and I couldn't sleep. I, just, like, I was wide awake. I was literally awake for hours trying to deal with like, what am I going to do? I'm trying to listen. Like if she just moves an inch, I'm racing over to make sure she's not getting too close to the ledge. So I start pushing things. Anything soft, we didn't really have a lot of soft stuff, but anything that's like marginally soft, like spoons and forks, I'm pushing them over next to where she would fall. And, you know, eventually I'm like, okay, well, that'll be enough. I'll go sleep now. And I try and sleep and I can't sleep. By the way, Rachel was asleep in two minutes. I don't know what that says about her and me. You read into that what you want. Okay, so anyways, I can't, get, I can't get free this. I go over, I tried to sleep next to her because I'm like, I'm going to block the exit. And I get in there and of course, like the bunk bed and the trailer, like the ceiling is right, right there. I couldn't sleep. I was awake. And here's the point of the story. We were at a campground. A campground is a place designed for you to be able to rest. We were at a place designed for rest and I wasn't resting. How many have been there before? 
You're at a beach, but you can, all you're thinking about is work when you get back home. Or you're on a date, and all you're thinking about is the next assignment that's due in school. Or you're out hiking with your friends, and you're just thinking about that issue that's going on between you and somebody in your family that's waiting for you when you get home. You're in a place that's designed for rest, but you can't really rest. So this morning, I want to press into God's Word, and I want to understand... The rest that God has made us to both crave and to experience. Please understand that desire for rest in your soul was put there by God. God both designed you to crave rest and to experience rest. But I think we're going to find something a little bit different when we go to Scripture and see what a real rest that Jesus talks about looks like. We're going to go to Matthew's Gospel, the 11th chapter. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in all of the Bible. Now, I want to give you the context to it. You can kind of picture the scene, the beginning of Matthew 11, Jesus is preaching to a large crowd, and they're all listening to what he has to say, but then there's some people that have some questions about who Jesus is, and so they say to him, are you the one that was to come, or should we wait for another, or are you the Messiah, are you the one, and I start with that piece of context today, because I think that there's some of you here, and there is every week, and I love that about our church, some of you are here, and you have that same question, you feel just like those people standing there listening to Jesus on that day saying, Is there a God, and if so, are you him? Because you know you need more to life than your daily grind. You know you need more to life than all that you're seeing, living, and experiencing right now. But the questions are, this is why you're here. Is this the place where I will actually find God? And I love what Jesus says back to them in verse 5. Listen to the answer Jesus says. He says, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, poor have the good news Preach to them. They want a yes, no answer from Jesus. Like, are you God? Are you who you say you are? And Jesus answers essentially saying this. Just look and see. Just look and see. Look at who I am. Watch what I do and decide for yourself if I am who I say I am. And I want to just say that to anyone who's here this morning. And you're just checking out church. And you're trying to discover who God is. And whether you would choose to go all in on this Christianity thing. I just want to say the same thing Jesus said to them on that day. Just look and see. Like, I've got enough confidence in God that you can show up into this place and look and see that God is who he said he is. And it's not going to be because of my words. Yes, you are going to hear the good news preached, but you're going to come, come, come for a bit. Start to see lives of people get changed around you. You're going to see God heal people and set people free. Come on, just look and see. That's just kind of the starting context. Then Jesus, at the end of this chapter, he presses in on this idea of rest to this crowd. And this is what he says about rest. Incredible words. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jesus says some pretty incredible things about rest in this text. And it's rest that we don't really think about. It's not the way we think about rest. We've got a rest epidemic, a rest problem, a rest issue in our culture. It's out of control. I think the reason we have such a rest issue is straight up pride. And here's why. We generally think that we are the answer to our own problems. So we think, if I could just get to the right place in my life, if I could... If I could get there, if I could get famous, if I could get more money, if I could get my life sorted out, then I would be able to have rest for my soul. The problem is we're confused about what brings rest, even in the church. We think rest is a place that I'll get to someday, 
somewhere. But you'll never have enough money to have rest in your soul. You'll never get to a place that is peaceful enough to have rest in your soul. You'll never be famous enough to have rest in your soul. There must be something different that gives rest. And that's why Jesus begins this famous passage of text on rest by saying these three incredible words, come to me. He doesn't say go and get away for a while, take another day off. It's a call to proximity. If you need some rest for your soul, Jesus says, come to me. I don't know what you came in, what the weight on your shoulder was when you walked in the door today. Can you lean into this idea that the God of the universe is saying to you today, come on, if you need a rest, come here, come here, come here, come here, come on, come on, come on. I got, I got, I got what you need, come on. Come on, you need rest from anxiety? Come to me. You need rest from grief and sorrow? Come, come to me. You need rest from some busyness? Come to me. Come, come to me, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I, I'm going to give you rest. This idea that Jesus and God gives rest is actually comes from the very beginning of the Bible. We see the very beginning in Genesis. We see God work in creation, that God creates the heavens and the earth, so the solar system, the planets, earth, and then he makes the waters and, the, and land, the seas, and vegetation, the animals, and birds, <laughs> fish. Day six comes along, and God's like, here's, here's the pinnacle. I'm going to make you, man, mankind, and I'm going to make you in my image, and I'm going to breathe upon you. It's going to be the breath of life. That's going to be the pinnacle of creation. It's day six. And this is what the Bible says in Genesis chapter two about day seven. On the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, made it holy because God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. God rested on the seventh day. God, God chilled out. God, God relaxed. God, God took it easy on day seven. And it's not rest the way you and I think of rest. God didn't get to the weekend and go, whoo, <laughs> that was tough. I'm exhausted. You know, that making, making humans on day six, like I am strapped. I am, I am, whoo. Thank goodness for the weekend. I'm here. I made it. I was tired. Now I can just relax. God did nothing in creation from physical exertion. God spoke the universe into existence. God wasn't tired. So if God wasn't tired, why does he rest on day seven? I think we just need to fly the scene out a little bit, take a larger view and see why God is taking a rest on day seven. Here's what I think the reason is. God made you and I on day six, which means that day seven was our first full day of existence. It was our first morning. So the reason God rested on day seven was not because he needed a rest. The reason God rested on day seven was so that you and I could function in creation, our existence, from a place of rest on the first full day that we would ever live. (laughs) 
We think we need to work to get to rest, right? Like this is how the world around us works. You don't show up at a job and they're like, oh, we're so glad that you're here. Why don't you take your first day off? So glad that you're here. That's not how the world works. You work a full year and then they, they make sure they tell you this. HR is like, listen, you don't earn your vacation until you've been here for a year. I mean, you can ask for a day off, you can take it unpaid, but you really don't get your vacation. It kicks in after you've been here for a year. And so the way that we look at our lives is we think, I'm gonna work, 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 work. You see me, I do work. And then uh, we think, I'm gonna work. And then I'm gonna take a rest. That's not how it works in God's kingdom. That's not God's economy. God's kingdom says, I want you to function from rest. You work not to rest, you work from your rest. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is inviting us to a place of rest as a starting point. And I had never seen this in the Bible until I started to think about this message and think on rest. I had never seen that rest in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, was a type and a picture of the salvation that was to come. You see, the Old Testament is full of types and shadows that point to what Jesus is going to do for us on the cross in salvation. There's so many of them. The sacrificial system of the Old Testament that points to what Jesus is going to do on the cross to take away sin. There's so many types and shadows of what was to come. I never realized that rest was a type and shadow of salvation. Here's how it is. God invites us on day one to step into rest. Yes, God has called us to labor and to work. God has a responsibility for your life. Like, God has a big responsibility for your life. You have a responsibility to make the world better. You have a responsibility to serve other people. Listen, I was like, we'll go all in on it. We call people every week, go join Next Steps. Why? Because you've got a responsibility in your life to do something with your life that's more than just something for you. God gave you responsibilities to work and to labor and to serve one another. That's really important in the kingdom of God. That's a big deal to God. But God does not call that to be the starting point. The starting point is rest. Look, God did all the work before we showed up on day six and took our first breath. And it's the same in salvation. We say this all the time around here, and we never get tired of it, because every week there's someone here, and you need to hear this. You're not saved by what you do. You could have the best, you could, you could come in here today far from God and be like, from this moment on, I'm going to do everything I can to love and serve God, to love God and love people, and that will never save you. You were saved by what God did before you showed up on the scene. That's why rest in the Old Testament becomes a picture, because before we even took a breath, God said, I did all the work. You show up, your first whole day is rest. That's a picture of your salvation. God has not called, you don't exist to serve, you exist to love God from a place of rest. Out of that place, go serve the world, because you're ready. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then this is, this is like fascinating stuff, where Jesus goes next. This is not what I'm expecting. Because I'm still expecting him to say, go take some time out. Just go, like, go enjoy yourself. Just take some time off. But look where he goes as he closes this. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. He goes on. You're going to find rest for your souls. How? Because I've got this yoke for you, and it's easy. Jesus is, is closing this 
this statement on how we get rest. He starts by saying, come to me. You need some proximity. Like if you want rest for your life, you're only going to get it if I'm first. That's, that's the come to me part. You, you'll only find rest if I'm first in your life. Not like second, third, fourth. Not like I show up. In, no, like first. You start every day with me. You engage with the world from a posture of who you are in me. That, that's the starting point. Come to me. Come to me. I'll, you are, and I will, I will give you rest. And then and we see that God gives it to us. We receive it because of what he's done, not because of what we do. But then we get to this last part. And, and he's talking. He's giving us an illustration of rest by talking about an agricultural tool that animals use when, when they're grinding out some hard, heavy labor. Like, I take my yoke upon you. Here's the picture. His, his audience understood more than I did. I don't know anything about agriculture. In fact, anything that requires the use of my hands, I'm pretty much useless. Like, on serve day next week, I will be high-fiving people. Do not hand me any tools. It will not go well for those people. It won't go well for their homes. It won't go well for anybody. Like, don't judge me that I'm just high-fiving you next week. It's fine. Like, you know, we each got our gifts. My, I'm just going to love people. I don't hand me. So I don't really, you know, the whole agricultural tool thing, don't think this comes from my childhood. I, like, I researched this, right? This is, this is coming from, I've read about this. So here's what a yoke is. A yoke is an agricultural instrument that would put two animals together to enable them to do something together better than they could do it on their own. That is what a yoke is. And Jesus is saying, here, you need to take my yoke upon you if you want to find rest. See, the yoke was designed so that the labor could be done by two animals in proportion to their size and strength. And so what Jesus is saying is if you want to find some rest, first of all, you don't find it like without labor. Again, I've called you to something big. In fact, it's more than you can do. If you want rest, you just got to understand the portion of it that rests on your shoulders. See, we can, God is not saying that we rest by going and taking another vacation. God is not saying, hey, if you want to get rest, go take 10 days off. I'm all for 10 days off. Like, I am happy to be the example to the church. I am going to take every one of my vacation days. Glory to God. Like, every one of them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take them all. Let me be that example to you. So there's no problem with taking your vacation days. Just please understand, that's not where you get your rest from. You know what the most restful place in the world is for me? Being in the dead center of God's will, grinding and working hard, and doing the big things God's called me to do, but understanding what's my portion of the responsibility. Man, if some of us, we get so stressed out because we're like, man, God, life is so hard, and there's just so much on me, and I don't know what to do. And God's like, no kidding. I gave you more than you could handle. If you, like, the most exciting thing in the world is that God gave you responsibility far greater than your ability to manage, and your rest is right in the middle of that. Sometimes we self-manufacture stress. Stress is not something somebody puts on you with their expectations. Stress is looking at those expectations and not understanding the portion that's mine and the portion that's God's. So Jesus closes this idea of rest, and he's like, I'm going to talk about, like, a labor tool that is really difficult. Like, animals grinding out. I don't even know what they were grinding. Any farmers? Doesn't matter. They're grinding. They're pushing. They're doing some stuff. They're plowing. They're, it's animals. It's field. I think that's where we get vegetables from. I don't know. Like, there's something before Safeway. I don't know what it is. Jesus is saying, this is what rest is. You don't need another day off. I want you to rest. Like, take your vacation time. Enjoy it. It's summer. Lean into it. Just don't think for a moment that's where you get your rest from. 
You rest from proximity. You rest from receiving. God did it first before you could do anything. You rest in the dead center of God's will, grinding it out, working hard, but understanding what's the part that I own and what's his. Jesus, you're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. God, we thank you for your presence in this place. Now, God, as we just take a few moments to respond to your word in our hearts, God, God, we just, we just, we acknowledge, we acknowledge, God, that we have carried too much of this load. God, we put you first right now in this moment. We're going to lean into proximity, God. We, we, we hear you say to us today, come to me, come to me, come to me. to me. I'm going to give you rest. For some of us in the room, we actually just need to, we need to repent for a moment of God not being first. God wants you to experience incredible, incredible rest. We just need to take a moment and, and and repent doesn't mean like feel sorry, like say sorry to God. Repent means I'm just going to stop doing that. I'm going to put God first in my life. Lean into the I need some rest. God, I need a real rest. God, thank you that you made us to crave rest. Thank you that you designed us to experience rest. Thank you, God, that as we mature in faith, as we mature in calling, as we take on the responsibilities that you've given us in the kingdom, we get better at rest. We get better at it. God, may we minister out of that place. May we be a church that serves. Like, may people look at the way we serve and be like, where do they get that energy from? God, may, may they see the way we love one another and just think, well, like, don't they have, like, do they not work? <laughs> do they not have jobs? Do they not have responsibilities? Don't they understand the pressures of life? May, God, may it just be confusing to people how rested we are in this place as we go all in and serve in Jesus' name. And I know for some people in the room, and this is the most important part of this, the message and the service today. Because for you, it's not that you need to do a little bit of work to adjust how we rest for you. You've never yet made a faith decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Today on the other side of a faith decision, putting your faith in Jesus Christ is forgiveness, is deliverance from sin, is freedom in God. The Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. It's faith, it's faith. It's not what you do, it's faith. And today for you, before you leave this place, you know that you wanna make a decision to enter into that rest, that forgiveness of God. You say, yeah, today is my day to make a decision to surrender my life to God. I'm gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna become a Christian. I'm, I'm gonna follow Jesus. You're in the room today and that's where you're at. I'm gonna make an invitation for you. Here's how we do it around here. We're not gonna send you out or embarrass you. No one but you and God are gonna know that you made this decision. But I want to give you a moment of decision where you say, yeah, I'm making it clear that that's my decision today. I'm going to, I'm going to choose Jesus to become my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my past. Here's how we're going to do it. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I'm going to invite you to shoot your hand up and hold it up high for, for just, just long enough for you to have that moment to say, yeah, today I'm making that decision. 
And, and then once we've done that, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And everybody here is going to pray it together. But I'm gonna, you're going to really pray that from your heart because it's faith that saves you. It's not what you do when you walk out these doors. It's what God does in your heart when you believe that he paid it all. Man, he loved you that much. He gave his son for you. You can know that forgiveness and that freedom in this place today. So if that's you, today you're making that decision. Would you just, would you just shoot up your hand on the count of three? One, God loves you so much. And today, I believe today's your day too. Three, would you raise your hand and say, yeah, I don't want to leave this place the same way. I'm going to make a decision today, a faith decision. Say, yeah, pray with me before I leave this place. It's between you and God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyone else today, you're like, this is it. It's my day, it's my day, it's my day, it's my day. If you raise your hand this morning, or maybe you didn't, but you know you wanted to, but in your, in your heart today, you're saying yes to Jesus. Would you pray this with me? Come on, church, let's pray this. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. And I'm all in, all my heart. I believe in you. I believe that you died. You rose again. And I'm forgiven. And I'm free because of you. Help me to follow you. church can we just celebrate like that was for real the greatest decision oh summer it sounds good right now after what we just experienced doesn't it <laughs>